Hume humanies, Hume humanies, Hume Hume Hiru. Hume humanies, Hume humanies, Hume Hume Hiru. Good day to you, fellow humans. Welcome to the hideaway. This is a Friday episode for you. Welcome, welcome, come on in. Another chance for us to break bread. Going into a holiday weekend. Martin Luther King Day weekend. Through all of our merriment and enjoying some time off. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we could, not should. Maybe we could take a minute or two. A little time to think about civil rights. Why not? Why not? Humans, welcome to the show. Got some fun stuff for you today. Gonna talk. Gonna talk about, well, you guys know how I feel about celebrities and commercials. Mostly sellouts. Mostly sellouts. Sometimes we give athletes a free pass because, well, <laughs> what do they have after their bodies give out? Most of them. But we depend on our comedians, our actors, our... These people are truth-tellers, we're led to believe. We hold them to a higher standard. I hold them to a higher standard. And there's a dog barking. Do you hear that? Some kind of a Yorkie-sounding thing. Anyway, where were we? We're going to delve into some of the greatest, one of the greatest, a notable actor of our time. And commercials, specifically telecommunications, one of our favorite topics around here. We'll get to that. The listener line is piping hot today. If the listener line had like a gigabyte uh, limit, we might hit it, but it doesn't. So feel free to jam that thing anytime you want to. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. And humans, forgive me, a festival here in New York, a festival here in New York took place, and I, it slipped my mind to mention it to you guys, but I think it bears mentioning. So we're going to talk about a festival. I know there's some festival heads out there. At just the very mention of the word festival, some of your mouths start watering to, you know, listen to bands like... Dispatch. But this is a different kind of festival, but a festival worth mentioning nonetheless. So a couple different vibes here in the listener line today. So vibe one is some uh, holiday-ish questions. And, oh, 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 we're still talking about the holidays? Well, why not? Why not? And that's almost in the vein of the first listener line submission, which is a question... This is from David in Boulder. Are you going to have an episode where you talk about how long into the year you can say Happy New Year? Great question, David. This The answer to your question is yes. This is that episode. <laughs> but to expand on that, how long in the year, how long, how far into the year do we say Happy New Year? Dude, I... I let me be honest here. I've I don't know if I've ever said it in February. 
but I've said it several weeks into January. You see someone you haven't seen in a while, obviously, since December 31st. And, you know, especially if you didn't see him through the whole holidays, you're not, I mean, I, listen, I'm not, I'm a 12 days of Christmas guy, but I'm not insane. I'm not going to say Merry Christmas to someone on January 13th. But I'll say Happy New Year. I haven't seen you since, you know, we, since we started buying new cal- If this was the, if this was the analog era, I would have thrown out a calendar and started a new one. And I haven't seen the person since I put one calendar in the trash and tacked another one up to the wall. I reserve the right to say, Happy New Year. Truthfully, I don't think I've ever said it in February. But I damn sure would, and I damn sure will this year. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm sure there are people that I will see in February that I haven't seen since December something. Hell, maybe even November something. And I will say Happy New Year to them. No, like I'm going to see some members of my family in March. But we've seen each other on like a Zoom or something, you know? So I'm not going to say that to them because that doesn't make any sense. But there, there will be people. And I will do it. In fact, humans, I encourage you to do it. You, I, not I dare you, because there's, there's a twinge of like, you're not man enough. You're not woman enough. I bet you're not woman enough. I bet you're not man enough. That's what a dare says. I'm not daring anyone. Humans, if you feel like it, if you're interested, Record yourself candidly saying Happy New Year to someone and send it in. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Perhaps get this person's consent to send it into a radio show. Uh, you know, don't just record someone privately and send it in, but you can get that afterwards, right? Get, the, get a nice candid moment. Just ask them afterwards. Send it in. Happy New Year. Hey, t- great to see you. Happy New Year. That totally makes sense in January. Let's see how we're feeling in February. But if we're going to talk about wishing someone a new year, Thanksgiving rolls around. Things start to get busy right before Thanksgiving. There's There's an anxiousness in the air. Even if you're not, well, for me, even if I'm not traveling, especially if I am traveling, Suddenly, it's like, oh, man, there's only this many weeks till Christmas. There's only this many weeks till New Year's. Whatever holiday you celebrate, there's only this many weeks till that. You're up against something. And then it's over. And then you have New Year's Eve. You have New Year's Eve and then the New Year. And then it's like, all right, there's nothing really doing. Unless you're the kind of person that goes skiing on Martin Luther King weekend or President's Day weekend. You're like, ah, calendar's open for a while. Nothing doing, you know, just time to time to coast and just enjoy a typical Monday through Friday with some Saturday and Sunday weekend time. So in that way, I guess it does feel refreshing to enter into the new year, especially when you kind of go out with this like spaz, spazzy energy for the last five, six weeks of the year. So in that way, it feels like a new year, but 
maybe this is the spring birthday guy in me. My birthday's April 5th. But I would like to believe I'm more in tune with the year starting when the flowers start to bloom. When the sun comes back out. When there's leaves beginning to sprout on the trees. That, to me... That almost sounded like a question. That, to me... No. That, to me... Feels more like a new year. I might go so far as to say I'm more of a March 21st as the new year guy than I am January 1st. Happy New Year. David, perhaps I'll stop wishing people a Happy New Year this instant. For me, this is 9.49 p.m. January 12th. I'm recording this on a Thursday night. Of course, earliest you can hear it is Friday. Friday, January 13th. Wow, Friday the 13th cast. And nothing horror planned. Perhaps this exact instant, I will stop wishing people a Happy New Year. And I will start March 21st. Or whatever this year's exact uh, equinox day is. March 20th. 5.24 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> it's the spring equinox. That's my New Year's. That's my New Year's. What year am I in right now? Is it still 2022 to me? I, is it 2023 suspended? That I don't know. Thank you for your question, David. We got here. You folks heard it happen right here on the radio. <laughs> So I will be wishing, and then and then for for then how long will I go? Well, I'll tell you exactly. I will go right up until whatever the summer solstice is. I will wish people a happy new year this year, from March twentieth at five twenty four p.m. Eastern. I'll do a countdown <laughs> at five twenty three p.m. Eastern time on March twentieth. I will at. And 50 seconds, I will do a 10-second countdown and say Happy New Year <laughs> when we enter into the uh, spring equinox. That will be my New Year's, and I will wish people a Happy New Year for the, for the following three months. There's your answer. So to answer your question, David, today is the day we're doing an episode about when you can wish people a Happy New Year. Humans, join me if you wish. Or hell, if you recognize a different New Year... If you identify with a different New Year, let me know. Let us humans know. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. You can send an email like David did here. Or, you know, a typed email like David did here. Or you can send in a voice recording. How do I do that? You just record your voice into your voice memo app on your smartphone. Hit the share button and email it to listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Come. Folks, if you thought David was done asking questions, you would be wrong. It's, again, themed with the holiday time of year. We'll allow it. I've now said I'll give it three months from whenever my new year is. David in Boulder writes, I neither heard nor saw a single Salvation Army bell ringer at a grocery store this past holiday season. What gives? Huh. I don't think I did either. There's never, I don't really ever see some in Greenpoint, here in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And those are the grocery stores I go to. 
When I did some Christmas shopping for my niece and nephew, it was also on our little main street here, Manhattan Avenue. You know, I had a small town Christmas in a big city, right here in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. David, I didn't see any Salvation Army bell ringers either. I saw someone I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and there's that scene with like the saxophone. They're like, "Hey Santa Claus, Hey Santa Claus, Hey Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus." There's a bell ringer in that scene. That's as far as I got. I would Google it, but that defeats the purpose of asking me, David. I don't know. And I carry a change. In fact, there's there's change here on my desk right now. I've been trying to carry change in my pockets so that I'm not constantly breaking dollars and then bringing back more change. Because I feel like I'm just working for Coinstar at that, that point. I'm like, oh yeah, I can take my change to the grocery store and get some dollar bills back. Yeah, for 10.9 cents on the dollar. So that's something I've been doing. I have a jacket at work that I keep a handful of change in, too. So when I go get lunch at work, it's just in there. It's like that jacket is a huge change purse. If it's not, it's a huge jacket. It's part of my work duds. And even if it's not cold enough to render that jacket useful, I'll put it on to go out to get my lunch because it's got all my change in it. It's a giant change purse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one, David. But, as always, thank you for chiming into the listener line, David and Boulder. Well, humans, you know here at the show, we're always growing. We're always adding new listeners. New people are finding us. Of course, they're finding us via Veronica, our marketing, marketing, chief marketing strategist. She posts for us on social media. Of course... We're an anti-social media show, so we don't do contests of like, oh, follow the show, tag us, tag a friend, because because I don't. The last thing I want to do is be someone that's encouraging people to get on Instagram or Twitter or what have you. Get off of those things. Yeah, we drag a net through there. We drag a net through those sites. We try to catch some willing fish. To say, hey, come check out the show. You know, maybe leave those things behind if you when you're ready. So we do drag a net through those apps, but you know. Anyway, we're always adding listeners, be it our net on social media, be it word of mouth. I keep QR codes on my person. People say, You have a podcast? I'd like to check that out. I say, put your money where your mouth is, baby. Here you go. So welcome. Welcome. And let me say, if you're new to the show, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You can go back and listen to some or just, you don't have to do that. That's a lot of pressure. Just start now. You'll figure it out. We'll, we'll let you inside. Um, if you're curious what some of the soundboard clips are, uh, check out Tour Day Soundboard. But anyway, welcome if you're new. And speaking of new listeners... We've had a flurry, a flurry of new listeners dialing up, emailing the listener line. Uh, 
seemingly very fired up about the collegiate national championship that took place last Monday night between Georgia and Texas Christian University. So without further ado, let's check in on the listener line. Take it away, new listeners. Hey, Sid, uh, just calling in because uh, I'm pretty sure TCU got robbed the other night. Um, You know, the scorekeeper was clearly in on it. Um, I mean, I've never seen a game where you score one touchdown and you get double the points um, and sometimes even triple. Uh, It's supposed to be seven points per touchdown as far as I'm concerned. And beyond that, you know, TCU's only getting one point per touchdown. Um, that's something not right there. Anyways, um, just calling to get your thoughts on that. And, you know, man, it ain't right. Well, folks, that's a take I haven't heard yet. <laughs> a TCU fan. It, they were, it was a historic beating. University of Georgia put a real smackdown onto TCU. Uh, I haven't heard anyone say that the scorekeepers were giving TCU less points for um, for for their touchdowns. Of course, they only scored one touchdown. But I guess that's how... This person sounds like they may be having like a psych, psychotic uh, episode. Some kind of... Uh, you know, they've, they can't handle the TCU loss. So they, they're imagining that that Georgia was given too many points for their scores and that TCU wasn't given enough points for their score. Hey, friend, hey, you know what? We're human. We're all capable of having a psychotic episode uh, once in a while. Um, Hang in there. Hang in there. And as, as odd as that take is... I would rather hear 50 people with a take like that than hear people, this happens all over the world, all over the United States. You watch a game, maybe you watch a little sports center when you're getting ready the next day, and then you get to work and everyone, not everyone, these dopes, these meatheads that don't have a single original thought in their head, they're like parrots reciting what they heard on ESPN that morning and the night after the game. So kudos to you, caller, for having an original thought and not just being some bozo that just recites the BS from ESPN. Okay, next call. Uh, hey, Cindy. How you doing? Uh, first time caller, a long time listener. That's what, that's what they always say, right? Uh, sorry about the echo. I'm calling you from the toilet here at work. Uh, but listen... I wanted to know your thoughts on the foul play that took place at the hotel during the uh, when the TCU players were staying there. You know, uh, I, I heard on the internet that all the Bibles in their rooms were switched out before the game with non-Gideon versions of the Bible, and well, that got in their heads and, and messed up their bedtime prayers. Uh, so I just wanted to know uh, your thoughts on this scandal and. Uh, well, I mean, I think they should be asking for a rematch. I mean, it's it's clear as day to me. But, Sydney, what's your opinion? I, I'll I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Okay. First of all, excuse me. I thought that that this batch of calls was all new listeners. This is a long time listener, first time caller. So forgive me. Forgive me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our numbers. 
I tell you, man, the state of Texas, very friendly to the Sydney Hollis show. I hadn't heard that one either. But this makes a lot of sense. I mean, you hear about athletes, and it's, you know, it's preparation, preparation, and then it's just like, obviously, you're playing the national championship, but treat it like it's any other game, treat it like it's any other situation. We have to believe people to go to Texas Christian University. There's probably some comfort in the Bible. Half your games during the year typically are road games. You're staying in a hotel. You know there's going to be a Gideon Bible in there. Probably very familiar with a Gideon Bible. That would throw me off if there wasn't one. I mean, even the Beatles. Only to find Gideon's Bible. Rocky Raccoon, of course. Even the Beatles talk about Gideon Bible. So if part of your pregame routine is to read a couple chapters, a couple verse, <laughs> isn't that how, like, preachers don't say verses. <laughs> they somehow use the word verse to be plural, a good old preacher. If your pregame routine is to read a couple of chapters, a couple of verse, you know, that'll throw you the hell off, man. It's like not having carbs. It's not having, it's like not having some elbow pasta before the game. And I'm personally not, not a religious guy, but was God angry at them? Were they reading a different version of the verse than they were supposed to be? Great question, caller. You know, a friend of mine, friend of mine, who actually might listen to the show, told me once that their mother was in a hotel and thumbed through the Gideon Bible in the hotel one time. It may have been a motel. And found like a $10 bill or a $20 bill or, God forbid, a $100 bill in there. And I was like, damn. And I was told this story when I was a child, maybe a middle schooler. And for a while there, whenever I was in a hotel or a motel, I'd pop that bad boy open, thumb through the pages. Uh, never happened to me. All I found in there was a couple of chapters and verse. Okay, thank you, caller. And um, appreciate you listening. Now you're a long-time listener, second-time caller for your next call. Okay, on to the next call. Sid Hollis Show, amazing. I uh, hope I make the air. Um, I'm calling in because the uh, the game the other night uh, I really think was unfair from the get-go. Um, you got the TCU players that are just totally unfamiliar with that cold climate that they were playing in in that stadium. And meanwhile, the much farther north Georgia players um, get to play in, in conditions that they're used to. I mean, it's simply unfair, and uh, I'll uh, I'll take your comments off the air. Thank you. You know, I really appreciate that these uh, these TCU fanatics um, they they get how it works. You know that we're not going to have a, our conversation right back and forth right then. They're going to take uh, my comments off the air. I appreciate that, guys. Um, okay, again, kind of confusing. 
but a take you won't hear on ESPN. <laughs> Athens, Georgia, according to this fella, is in more northern city than Fort Worth, Texas. And, of course, to him, Los Angeles is, uh, is a northern city. And, you know, caller, they, they all look to be in a pretty straight line. I don't have a globe in front of me, but I did pull up Google Maps. And just for fun, I put in driving directions between Athens, Georgia, Fort Worth, and Los Angeles. And it's a pretty straight line right across my, my laptop screen here. Maybe this person, caller, I'm not trying to be insulting because we are all human. We're capable of making mistakes. We are beyond logic. Maybe this person has a Texas Christian University education. <laughs> maybe, maybe this makes sense to them. Uh, <laughs> I did hear that it was raining in the stadium that rain was coming in sideways uh, in the stadium, which is a shame. And it, and I I saw somewhere that it was more Texas Christian University fans were getting rained on, the fans at least. Uh, yeah, caller, if... I hope you're not in city planning or any... You know, I can't think of like a career that would have to do with maps. But uh, I hope you're not in those things, caller, but... We do appreciate your free thought, and this is a asylum for that. Next call. Hey, uh, I'm trying to get through to the, the Sydney Hollis program. Uh, I'm not much of an internet guy. I hope this is working. Uh, listen, Sydney, I got to talk to you about this TCU game. Uh, I heard from a neighbor's friend that the, the head coach at TCU during the game was some type of a hologram or uh, some kind of a, a mirage or a, a, a Pepper's ghost false image. And, uh, well, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, it has the ring of truth to me because, you know, from where I sit, from where I imagine from where everybody sits, I mean, there's just no way they lost that game. I mean, it just don't make sense. What do you think, Sydney? Well, it sounds like the question is, I'll take this off the air. It sounds like the question is, what what do I think? Do I think, again, there's a little delusion here. These Texas Christian fans can't believe they lost. Um, you know, Georgia ran up the score on them pretty badly. Do we say shame on Kirby Smart? Do we say that was a little ungentlemanly? Could he have called his dogs off, pun intended, a little earlier? Was it worth humiliating them? Hmm. I think this caller is asking, he's asking, well, do I think a hologram could successfully coach a college football team? Hmm. I would say yes. I've never been to a concert with a hologram before. My main exposure to a hologram is Princess Leia, you know, being inside of R2, her hologram being inside of R2 and saying, help us, Luke, you're our only hope. That's my main experience with a hologram. 
But it remi- that reminds me of the Ninja Turtles original movie, 1990, I believe. Could be 89. The original live-action Ninja Turtles movie. Splinter, they all, the, the turtles meditate. And they conjure up Splinter's likeness kind of out of the flames and the fire that they're sitting around out in the countryside of, I would assume, New Jersey. And he inspires them. And while it's not a hologram, it looked like a hologram in the movie. I would think if Splinter can inspire the Turtles as a hologram, a coach can inspire a football team as a hologram. Next caller. Okay, I am speaking totally off the record here. Um, I am not the scheduler for the TCU Frogs, but I have it on good authority that he was told there was another week in between the games, um, like there's in the NFL, you know. He was told that there was some sort of a Pro Bowl-type game for college players this year, and, and that's why he had to book everything last minute once he saw a countdown to game time clock on ESPN. So it's totally not his fault. Um, first of all, they should really put that clock on ESPN way earlier in the week than the day before. So teams have like a little bit more time to plan. I mean, especially the, the scheduler um, who I hear got, got reamed out for this, but it's not his fault. I mean, he's a good guy. And he's a hell of a husband and a hell of a father, is what I've been told. And uh, he also is sorry, you know, it's what he says, not me, him. Folks, I think, not to out you here, but because of the hushed tones and because of the way this fella spoke, I think this is the scheduler. I think this is the traveling secretary for the ten- Texas Christian University Horned Frogs football program. You can speak, you can be anonymous here at the show. We welcome anonymity. If you have interesting things that happen to you and you're just not ready to let it out, we welcome anonymity. Then that'll happen. We're so used to that week off before the Super Bowl. So that'll happen. Don't beat yourself up. You're amongst humans. You're safe here in the hideaway. And I, you know, I've been bashing on ESPN all day, but thank God for that countdown ticker. So your team actually made the game there, dear sir. Okay, folks, thank you to everyone that participated in the listener line. That was one hell of a segment. Now, we're going to talk actors. A very popular actor in a telecommunications commercial. Paul Giamatti. Famous guy, nominated for many, many awards, including an Academy Award. Nominated for an Academy Award. He's He played Scrooge in a Verizon ad with Cecily Strong over the holidays. Paul Giamatti, famous actor, great actor. Expressions, relatable. You know, people are saying that, that playing the Joker is like, you know, it's like it's like doing Shakespeare. It's the film version of doing Shakespeare. If you got a shot at doing the Joker, you leave your mark. Oh, what's, what's so-and-so going to do with the Joker? What's so-and-so going to do with the Joker? Do we feel that way about Scrooge? <laughs> 
Is it is it important to have played Scrooge? And if so, do we think that's why Giamatti took this? That's why he sold himself out to play Scrooge in a Verizon ad? And of course, shame on Cecily Strong, a comedian, an SNL alum. And these ads are offensive. They're sitting, like, she's always sitting on big, big Verizon letters. Again, we expect this crap from athletes. We expect this crap from reality television stars. Uh, from other disgraced members of the media. But Giamatti? Giamatti? Now he's in one where he's playing Einstein. He's playing Einstein talking to Cecily Strong about Verizon. Again, these are roles. You know what? Mark it. Before we're all dead, there will be another like movie about Einstein and someone will have played him. Is Paul Giamatti now out of the running because he did this this caricature of the famous physicist? <laughs> no one's even talking. I mean, I don't hear people talking about these celebrities selling out. This is your medium. This is, you're now playing characters. In these ads to sell Verizon phone plans and internet. And humans, I'm just disappointed. This guy's a wonderful actor. When I see him on screen, I get excited. Can he get nominated for a Golden Globe for his portrayal of Scrooge? Can he get nominated for a Golden Globe for his portrayal? Of Albert Einstein? I don't know. But maybe the glass is half full. Maybe they're elevating the medium. Maybe they're taking commercials to the next level. And humans, you know me. I'm always digging around, sniffing around. I came upon an unpublished version of a future Verizon commercial... It has not been yet released to the public. I'm sure I could get in big trouble for releasing this. So humans, just bear in mind that I think it's worth it and whatever comes along with that to, to put this out there. But Cecily Strong and Paul Giamatti, again, he's an amazing actor. And I think what's going on here is they're elevating the media. You know, maybe I shouldn't beat up on him too much for these portrayals of Scrooge and for Albert Einstein. Perhaps he's, maybe he's hitting his stride and he's doing his best work right now. So let me set this up. It's Cecily Strong and Paul Giamatti in an ad sort of praising Verizon's network, best I can tell. Why are you so into Verizon? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um... It's a hard network to grow, as you know, right? It's, uh, it's thin skin, temperamental, ripens early. It's, you know, it's not a survivor like AT&T, which can just grow anywhere. And uh, 
thrive even when it's neglected. No. Verizon needs constant care and attention. You know, and in fact, it can only grow in these really specific little tucked away corners of the world. And and only the most patient and nurturing of growers can do it, really. Only somebody really takes the time to understand Verizon's potential can then coax it into its fullest expression. And then, I mean, oh, it's satellites. They're just the most haunting and brilliant and thrilling and subtle and ancient on the planet. T-Mobile's networks can be powerful and exalting too, but they seem prosaic to me for some reason <laughs> by comparison. I don't know. What about you? What about me? I don't know. Why are you into Verizon? Oh, I think I... I like to think about the life of... Telecommunication giants. Yeah. Well, humans, a very passionate, almost monologue about Verizon and their networks. <sighs> humans, you, I, you guys know I'm angry. I'm angry that such a great actor of our time is cheapening his work by doing these ads. And it just, it makes me wonder... What would happen? What? There's so many actors that are no longer with us. And did we, as lovers of film, did we dodge something by losing them too early? Who's to say who would have caved and done the next big Verizon ad? Just... Reach into the depths of your mind and imagine if Philip Seymour Hoffman was still with us. Is this something you'd want to hear? When did you, when did you sign a contract with AT&T? Uh, yesterday. Why did you do that? What's no, the matter with I you? I forget it. I'm just, I'm really drunk. Really, I am. I'm just, I'm, I'm out of my head. I'm so wait. I'm really wasted. Really, Dirk, yeah, I'm really just wasted. That. I'm crazy right now. I'm, I'm really crazy. That's the only reason I would sign up for AT&T. It's because I'm drunk and wasted. I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking 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 idiot. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Think about it, humans. Think about it. This is... <laughs> I'm not making light of, of Philip Seymour Hoffman's early passing. That is very sad. But it's just an example. Is this, is, this how, is this how we want to remember the artists of our times? In phone company ads? Anyway, humans, I promised we'd talk about a festival. It's a little thing here in New York called Mulchfest. And maybe you guys have it in your town. I think it's the name is very funny. Mulchfest. <laughs> you can bring your tree 
to any number of the, uh, there's a certain list of the public parks here in New York City. And you can leave your tree there and it will go in the wood chipper and it will, those trees will be turned into the tree beds all around the city. And I think it's kind of fun when you go to the park later in the year, because if you're in the park in the early spring, you can go step on the tree beds and it makes those fur smells arise out of the ground. It's very nice. And I think these are people's Christmas trees. These were people's memories and they're living on. And this year, I don't know if it's new this year or not, but this year at Mulchfest, you can bring your tree. And if you're willing to wait at certain locations, they'll chip your tree right there in front of you and give it back to you in a bag. So you can use it for mulch in your own yard. It seems a little selfish. I kind of like the idea of just bringing your tree there for the greater good for the city. Seems a little silly to get your tree chipped up and then bring it back home. But nevertheless... I think it's kind of fun. Mulch, pass, mulch Fest ended on January 8th, but I think it's kind of fun. Is there a Mulch Fest in your town? Anyway, humans, thank you for listening. Have a great Martin Luther King Day weekend. And as far as the last episode, the Big Chill NFTs, I've, I've made a gross error, and I want to correct it now. I will not be accepting U.S. dollars for NFTs in the hideaway. Yeah, the hideaway is going to stay separate from U.S. dollars. We're going to find some kind of an exchange that makes sense. So I just want you guys to know, I came to my senses. More on that, henceforth. All right, humans, have a great weekend. Peace and love. Peace and love.